Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 11 of Jeff Reads His Book, a podcast where I, Jeff Armstrong, your host, read one chapter of Bringing Balance, a book I wrote in a month. Today, we're going to be looking at chapter 11 of Bringing Balance, and we're all going to be disappointed, is my guess. So if you want to contact me, you can go to my website at jeffreadshisbook.com. And there's a couple ways to contact me right on there. So go have a look, and maybe I'll mention them at the end of the show again. Uh, So episode 11. So we're getting close to halfway through this book right now. And I think it's been pretty exciting in these latest chapters, but I really think it's going to take a dip in probably three chapters. And we're going to get a little bored again. I'm not sure, because I'm starting to run out. I think a lot of this, I'm running out of ideas for this book. And like I said, I didn't really prepare anything for this book, Uh, so it was just written in a month, just on a whim. And speaking of that, uh, National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo, I guess you'd probably say NaNoWriMo, writing, rye, I guess, NaNoWriMo. I say NaNoWriMo, so tough cookies. But uh, that should be coming up next month in November, so if anybody out there thinks that it'd be a good idea to write a book in a month... I would encourage you to try because it's stupid and fun. And you shouldn't prepare at all because it's way more fun if you just roll the dice and see what you write. Good times, good times. But I should warn you, you need like tons and tons of spare time because writing 1,700 words a day is not a simple task. Uh, One of my friends actually tried to do it last year along with me. And, you know, he's got a family and responsibilities and... He was unable to keep up the pace. I think the problem with uh, November, for at least Americans, is that, well, I guess it's National Novel Writing Month. Isn't that America, the national part? I I guess. But anyway, uh, the problem is uh, freaking Thanksgiving falls in November, and that just gums up everything. So if you're lucky and don't really have anything to do for Thanksgiving, you know, like no family visiting or you don't have to travel... I think it's a doable task. I mean, obviously, I think it's doable. I freaking finished this stupid book. But, uh, yeah, you guys should look into it. I think it's nanoremo.org. You can go there. You can sign up, look for it. And, hey, if you look on there, you can find my account, and we could be writing buddies. I think that's what it's called. I'm definitely down with that. Um, so, let's see. I want to talk a little bit about feedback, as usual, the only person to write into the show was my wife, my faithful listener. Uh, so we're going to go through some of her discussion questions now. Let's take a peek at what she said. I'm going to have to do some clicking here, so if you'll excuse me. Here we go. All right, so Chapter 9, Discussion Questions. She's all caught up now, by the way. So she's going to be itching for this podcast to come out. I mean, she probably can't get enough of me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm pretty rad. So let's see. Chapter 9. Oh, she told us her favorite shoes. Um, she said there's some lame slip-on flats. So, And then says she has to go shoe shopping. Well, I've got news for you listeners. She did go shoe shopping yesterday. Good for her. Yay. <clears throat> um, let me see. Uh, she does agree with me, though, that maybe a walking staff would be good if you were looking for quicksand. 
And she also said, who's the infiltrator? I read the book and can't remember. So that's always such a memorable story, this book, if she can't even remember who the bad guy was. Let's go to chapter 10. Oh, 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 um, okay. I asked, what did I mean by light armor suit? Remember, I was trying to say, was he wearing, like, armor made out of light? Or was it, like, made out of tinfoil so it was light weight-wise? Maybe it was airy, like, ventilated. Yeah, I don't know. So what uh, my wife says here is light armor suit. I thought of the guy serenading Dorothy and her prom date at that medieval restaurant. So, of course, it's another Golden Girls reference. She does bring up those in Will and Grace constantly. Um, oh, apparently I asked the same stupid question again. Who's the mole? And she points out she has no idea. Uh, oh, and I guess the third question was, is Henry a badass? And her answer is, Henry is a wiener acting as a badass. And I'm going to agree with her. She, he does seem to be quite the, he's a wiener. I think that's a good description of him, don't you? So please write in if you're listening to the podcast. I checked my server and it looks like, I'm going to say like I have like nine or ten listeners unless some of them are like automated downloads like uh, Stitcher. Does that does that like download the episode to their servers? I have no idea. I really don't know. I've never used Stitcher. The only thing I know how to do is submit my podcast to it at this point. So I think I can add it to SoundCloud too, but it's really confusing. So who cares? Does anybody care? I don't think anybody cares. I mean, you either have an iPhone or you... Who knows? I don't know what anybody uses. It doesn't matter, all right? Hmm. So today, we're going to read chapter 11. So I looked at it. It appears to have seven pages, so not too long. I really thought there'd be more chapters in this book, though, that were like two or three pages, but we haven't encountered even one yet. So I think maybe that was kind of tedious. Each chapter is about a day's worth of writing, I think, in this book, so... I guess if I had to write four chapters in a day, that would be annoying. But And I change perspective with those drinking breaks a lot, so that kind of breaks up the chapters, right? Uh, so, uh, I have not looked at what the chapter's about. Like, I haven't skimmed it or read it. <clears throat> but if you'll remember, uh, our hero Margot, oh, or could be a bad girl, but we don't know. But she has, she something happened to her, so she wasn't with our group of traveling companions any longer. So we're going to find out if Margot's in this chapter at all. I kind of hope she is. She's my favorite character. Uh, And we still don't know the mole. So I'll try not to make that a discussion question this week since I've asked it two weeks in a row. But I don't think there's been any... Well, there's some clues. There's some clues. I know the answer. Um, Having written the book and being one of four people who've ever read the book... And clearly one person who read the book, my wife, has no idea who the bad person is. So we're going to find out in chapter 11, maybe? Maybe? I don't know if we find out who the bad person is. This could be a really dull chapter, too. Who knows? So I guess with that, uh, I don't see any reason to hesitate any longer. I think we might as well dive in to chapter 11. So for today's chapter, I'm going to be sipping on, again, some Evan Williams 1783 on the rocks. Not bad. I kind of let the ice melt a little too much, though. Yeah, it seems a little harsh today to me, but we'll have a little sip before we get cooking. Mm. Okay. 
This is exciting because I don't know what's going to happen in this chapter, so let's get started. When the quartet arrived at the road, they found countless tracks of carts. I would have said wagons maybe nowadays. Carts, wagons, same thing, right? In the dark, Henry couldn't differentiate whatsoever. Stephen, however, walked to the middle of the road and crouched down, eyeing the ground. The others stood waiting, peering both directions. Probably should be a comma there, waiting, comma, peering both directions, I think so. Henry could hardly contain his anger at both the ambush and Roland's coldness concerning Margot. Here, these tracks are fresh, Stephen said. It looks like two carts just left. One might have been a coach. They're headed straight ahead. He pointed in the direction they were heading during the day. Can you track them? Henry asked. Stephen replied, I think so, as long as there are no tricks. They have horses, though, so the gap between us will widen. Will be widening quickly. All right, let's go. Stephen, you lead us, Henry said, taking charge of the situation. Roland had been quiet since Aaron announced the pursuit, and Henry preferred him to be so. Aaron, are you okay to continue? he asked. Absolutely. Let's go, she replied. I've been doing good reading so far today. I really haven't botched anything up, but seven pages, and I'm probably going to need a refill on this bourbon soon. Could get worse. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good. Mm. All right. The four set off under the dim starlight down the road. Stephen and Henry led in front, and Aaron and Roland followed close behind. The pace was much faster than they were used to, but Henry couldn't help but rush the group along. However, he had the feeling that the others were in strong agreement of pursuing their attackers as quickly as possible, with the obvious exception of the Elder Mage. For people who don't remember, he did, uh, Roland, the elder mage, did not want to go looking for Margot, because apparently he's a dick. So, The road wound out of the forest eventually, and into a small village. Being the middle of the night, there were almost no lights left along the road on which they traveled. Through a window, some dim candles could be seen at the village's inn, but other buildings remained dark. As they exited the little town, Stephen stopped again to ensure they were still following the same tracks. Uh, that Why did I add all that setting detail? I guess, I think I feel bad when I write this book that I don't have enough setting in it, but yeah, what are you going to do, right? Um, these here are the same ones, he pointed out to Henry. You see the nail spacing? And they're obviously the freshest. Henry nodded as if he did understand, but he couldn't see any difference between any of the other tracks. As they started off again, he asked Stephen, Where did you learn tracking like this? Stephen hesitated. I learned it from some hunt. I learned some of it from hunters. I don't know many animals that drive a coach, Henry retorted. Well, it's very similar, Stephen said, looking at Henry. Henry, however, showed obvious skepticism. All right, Stephen relented. I may have also learned something similar from the resistance. I thought so, Henry said. I hope you're good at it. So do I, Stephen responded. Listen, 
I'm sorry I couldn't do more for Margot. I was knocked down almost instantly. It's all right, I know, Henry said, patting the young man on the back. We'll find her, I'm sure of it, Stephen said in a determined voice. Where would they take her? Aaron said from behind Henry. I don't know, Henry responded. The only thing I can really think of is that maybe they're taking her to see her brother, who's a magistrate. He was honestly baffled why they would want Margot, other than to perhaps imprison her. She was a relatively high-profile mage, mostly because of her name, but also partly due to her exploits fighting the magistrates. Perhaps she was just considered a problem, he thought to himself. Drinking break! First one of the chapter. Mmm. That deserves two sips, I think. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. Whew. So far, this hasn't been like a really stupid chapter. I mean, I did drop in some setting randomly, but we'll see what happens. All right. The pace the company kept that night was brutal. But Aaron wasn't about to suggest they slow. You gotta remember, they were walking all day, and then they got ambushed and had to fight, and now they're walking down a road again, or running, power walking, perhaps. Hmm? Hmm? Gotta keep that speed up. Pumping their fists? Yeah. In fact, she wanted to rush to the mage's side. She had grown to love the kidnapped woman, almost as a sister, in the short time she had known her. I bet you guys gathered that from my writing, right? <laughs> Despite her own enthusiasm, her legs could only take so much walking. She noticed that she was occasionally tripping and her legs felt like jelly. While she saw no sign of this from the two men leading, she could see some of the exhaustion in Roland, who walked alongside her. Thankfully, he, sp <sighs> Thankfully, he finally spoke up. Wait. We need to stop for a moment, if only to have a quick bite and a drink. We can't keep up this pace without something, he said to the leaders. The two men obliged silently, and all four retired to the roadside. Aaron sat down on the ground to rest her legs momentarily. From his cloak, Stephen produced some granola formed into bars for everyone to eat. He had, <laughs> he had granola bars. Were they wrapped? <laughs> Aaron could see that Henry was growing anxious, but Roland showed no signs of rising from his own seat on the ground. I'm going back to check the trail, Stephen suggested, heading back to the road. Henry wordlessly followed him, leaving both Aaron and Roland seated well off the dark stone road in the grass. Ooh, a stone road. I was kind of thinking this road would be like a dirt road. Stone. Do you think stone means like gravel? Or, well, there's tracks. It would... It's got to be, like, gravel, right? Because they're tracking a cart on this road. Oh, this is so badly written. It would have to be dirt if they were tracking it, wouldn't it? Oh, god damn it. Like, oh, big plot hole right here, I guess. All right. Erin sat with her knees up and her arms wrapped around them to support herself. She rocked herself gently and glanced around, looking for any sign of life in the night. She found none. She guessed that it must be well past midnight, but she had no measure of time in this world. Young lady, Roland said to Aaron, startling her, you should still consider our initial goal. I know, she replied. Was there nothing else you aunt had told you when she gave you the balancing stone? <laughs> I don't think so, no. It was a long time ago, Aaron said. 
Perhaps I might be of some assistance, Roland explained. There are magics that... There are magics, I think. Magics? Yeah, I think we can use plural. I think it makes me sound fancy. Yeah, all right. There are magics that might help you remember better, Aaron stared. Ugh. Okay, Roland's still talking. There are magics that might help you remember better. Aaron stared without response. If you would allow me, I could assist. How? she asked, growing concerned. One method often used is a method of mind reading. You would allow me to assist you in remember, remembering by letting me enter your mind to see your memories and perhaps find the ones you're looking for. Another set of eyes, so to speak, he said. Read my mind, she asked, amazed. Of course, my dear. It is quite common amongst mages. You would just need to allow me to enter. I can show you, he offered. No, she exclaimed. That was a good no, wasn't it? Did I scare everybody? Probably not. <laughs> no, she exclaimed, catching herself. She continued, no, I mean, I need to think about it. Well, please do, my dear. It may be our best hope, Roland said. As he finished, Henry returned and asked assertively, Are we rested enough to continue? See, that was assertive. Yes, Erin exclaimed, jumping to her feet. Although at that instant she couldn't communicate this, she was desperately happy that Henry had chosen that moment to return. Drinking break! Mm. That's good, and I'm empty now. So... I'm going to have to refill this. So, through the magic of audio editing, this will only take a split second. Ooh. And we're back. Wow, that was magical. So when I said, you know, the magic of audio editing, it's that implies I edit this podcast, which I don't. I just add the music and I do some noise reduction so that you don't hear my clothes dryer that's running every Sunday. While we're here in the live uh, studio, basement studio, whatever. All right, all right. I'm just babbling at this point, huh? <sighs> all right, here we go. So that was a drinking break. I'm going to have a sip now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Woo, so good. Okay. The rapid pace was beginning to wear on Henry during the early morning hours. There was still no sign of sunlight and no sign of the attackers. He didn't feel tired. Rather, the mage felt sore. He guessed that he guessed that the others felt similarly. I hate that word, similarly. It makes me sound like an alcoholic, which, you know, I might be. However, a combination of rage and desperation kept his legs moving, hopefully bringing him closer to Margot. Ever since their last break, Aaron had been keeping up with Stephen and Henry, and Roland was not far behind at all. The off-worlder appeared a bit more alert to Henry, almost to the point of being anxious. Additionally, she barely said anything at all, so he knew she wasn't trying to keep up for the sake of better conversation. After an hour of walking, Aaron grabbed Henry's left forearm. "'Can we stop soon?' she asked quietly." Yeah, that's fine. We can take a quick break, Henry responded, noticing something was out of place in the way she asked. Roland sat down on the side of the road for a rest, while Aaron remained standing this time. Stephen continued studying the ruts in the road, 
leaving Henry with no immediate duties. I'll be right back. I just need a quick trip to the woods, he announced, and walking into the nearby underbrush. Once out of sight, Henry relieved himself. And that, folks, is the first time somebody's relieved themselves in this book. In case you were keeping track. (laughs) As he was finishing up, a branch snapping behind him caught his attention. He turned quickly to find Erin standing behind him with her finger to her lips signaling for science. Though startled, he was able to keep quiet. He crept over to her, hopefully with his pants closed, (laughs) and asked, What are you doing here? It's Roland. He's a traitor. He must have led them to us, she whispered urgently. It's Roland. He's a traitor. He must have led them to us, she whispered urgently. Did that work? I think so. Why do you think that? The confused mage said. He asked to read my mind, she responded. Henry's eyes widened in surprise. He did what? Back when we last stopped. He said if he could read my mind, he might be able to see more clearly what my aunt had wanted. He suggested he might be able to help somehow, too, if he could get in there or something, Aaron said. Henry collected himself. Okay, You need to get Stephen and leave. Roland is potentially too dangerous for you to be around. I'll take care of him, he instructed. Ah, what a hero, right? So if, uh, just as a little primer, if you guys remember, uh, probably like chapter three or something, Aaron asked like if Henry could read minds, and he pointed out that's a very bad thing and nobody reads minds. Oh, maybe Margot was there, so it might have been later. I don't know. Anywho, we already covered this in this book. Reading mind's bad. So the fact that Roland wants to read her mind is a very bad thing. I was waiting till she told Henry to explain it again. But, I mean, I assume everybody remembers that because you're just so enthralled by this, right? Okay. All right. Okay, you need to get Stephen and leave. Roland is potentially too dangerous for you to be around. I'll take care of him, he instructed. No, we're staying with you, she declared. Absolutely not. You both need to continue on to help Margot. I'll catch up as soon as I can, all right, he responded. Henry, she began. Leave, he urged and walked back towards the road. You know what? This chapter is going to be exciting. Ooh, I bumped the table. Excuse me, listeners. This is going to be exciting. When he arrived back at the road, he found Stephen still examining the tracks and Roland seated at the roadside. Stephen, can you go find Erin? I think she went back there somewhere, he said, pointing in the direction he had just come. Shouldn't I wait? She, She's probably, Stephen argued. I don't really care, Henry said in a stern voice. We need to get going now. Stephen jogged back into the woods to find the young offworlder, leaving Henry in the middle of the road, nervous for what was about to begin. After a minute or two without any sign from the two younger members of their party, Henry decided they were safely away. With a cold face, he walked towards Roland. Sir Roland, he said, Aaron told me something quite disturbing. The elder mage looked looked up, mildly surprised. And what did she tell you, pray tell, he asked in a sarcastic tone. You've been working for the magistrates this whole time, haven't you? 
You let us right into a trap. I knew we should have never come we should never have come to you, Henry responded in disgust. Roland rose to his feet with an evil grin. Standing nearly a head taller than Henry, the old mage had a frighteningly powerful aura about him. He said, You've never been anything but an amateur troublemaker. Don't you see what the magistrates have done? They've given all the power back to those who should wield it. <laughs> Sorry about the page turn. The powerful mages of this world deserve to rule all these lands, and now they do. You can't understand that because you are always a second-class magician. How could you do this, Henry said. You're a miserable excuse for a human being. I am a mage, Roland boomed, <laughs> thrusting out his hands to release a powerful energy spell. Henry was hit in the chest, throwing him across the road. What a stupid thing to boom. Okay. <laughs> Getting exciting now. Roland walked towards the fallen mage. Henry responded with a fireball shot from his right hand. Roland was quick, but not quick enough as the fireball grazed his head, setting his hair and beard alight. <laughs> Henry used the opportunity to spring to his feet. By the time he was standing, the elder mage had regained his senses. A thin, bright light made... <sighs> A thin, bright light like... God, this is hard to read. A thin, bright light like a blade expanded rapidly around Roland as he spun himself. Henry leapt over the light before it reached him, which spread around Roland before slicing into nearby trunks. As he landed, his fist smashed into the ground, sending a wave through the so soil that burst under Roland, toppling him. When Henry began his advance on the fallen mage, Roland spun from the ground, swinging his walking stick around as he did, which caught Henry in the side of the head. Ooh, a little bit of a physical fight. Very good. All right. Henry quickly turned in a complete circle and thrust both hands out, sending a burst of light at Roland. Roland countered with his right hand, which simply stopped the powerful spell mid-course. He smiled his evil grin at Henry, then threw the spell backwards into Henry, knocking him onto his back. He quickly tried to rise, but Roland was on him before he could act. The elder mage thrust his walking stick into Henry's chest, and Henry felt immense, immense pressure cripple any chance he had of rising. Roland grinned with delight at the trapped mage and raised his right hand, where a globe of energy began to form in, his, in its palm. <laughs> Goodbye, Henry! Ha, 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 he laughed. I added the ha-has, but I didn't write that in the book. As Henry winced, expecting the end, he felt the pressure on his sternum subside. When he opened his eyes, he saw Roland stumble backward. A large arrow protruded from his chest. Suddenly, another arrow impacted the mage in nearly the same location. Roland grabbed at his chest before falling to his knees. As his last breath escaped, he fell onto his back, lifeless. Ooh! Aaron emerged from the roadside forest first, followed by Stephen carrying his bow. Aaron knelt down next to Henry. Are you all right? she asked. Stephen, still standing, offered his hand to Henry, 
who gladly took it. Feeling pain throughout his body, he steadied himself and ran his hands down his face. Okay, all right, I guess, I don't know. Thanks, the mage said. Are you okay? Aaron asked again, grabbing his shoulder. Henry nodded. Stephen produced a flask from his cloak and presented it to the mage. Who knew he was wearing a cloak? I guess, whatever. He tilted the flask back and drank a gulp of strong liquor. The burning in his throat helped awaken his senses. I thought I told you to leave, Henry said to Aaron, smiling. She wanted to, but I wanted to see to it that Roland paid dearly. All right, all right. Do you want me to read that again? She wanted to, but I wanted to see to it that Roland paid dearly. The see to it part is kind of like extra words, huh? I'm glad you did, Henry said. We should get moving again. Are you well enough to continue? The concerned woman asked. I don't really have a choice, Henry responded. Oh, and that ends chapter 11. So chapter 11 was pretty damn exciting. See, I wasn't sure if this fight was going to take place this chapter or we were going to have a full chapter of them just walking around and being freaking lame as hell. But it looks like it was pretty exciting, don't you think? Um, I can see that there's some issues with my writing in this chapter, <laughs> but that's no surprise. You know, one thing I would say is like... Uh, Shooting the energy bolts, like when he does it with his two hands, and I just demonstrated for the live studio audience. You see guys see this? You know what I mean? I was kind of thinking like, um, probably one of those, like, Sega Genesis fighting games. Like, what? Oh, was, you know what? So, uh, my friend had a Sega Genesis growing up, and that thing was rad as hell, and I'm pretty sure that had Mortal Kombat on it. Maybe Mortal Kombat? Was Street Fighter only on the Super Nintendo? I don't remember. Maybe. Maybe I didn't play that one. But, like, I thought in one of those games, like, they'd put their hands together, like, both palms facing out, and shoot, like, energy out of it. It's one of their special moves. And I think that's kind of what I'm seeing Henry do, so... Uh, you know, and at the time writing this book, I mean, same thing. So I, I think I stole that from Mortal Kombat for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> that move. <laughs> Pretty good fight, though, huh? See, you know what? We do now have a, a, a reason to have a walking stick. You can bash somebody in the head with it. Or try to crush their sternum slowly, right? So there we go. Two more uses, you know, to add to landmines and quicksand. That's pretty exciting. Mm. I was kind of struggling, though, with discussion questions. Uh, but I, I've got three now. So I think, you know, I think we're good to move on to them. I don't think there's much to say about this chapter because it was exciting. And, you know, I will point out I was right. No Margot in this chapter, which is a real bummer. I'm going to peek ahead to chapter 12 to see if we see Margot again. My guess is yes. Uh, nope. Well, oh, maybe. Hmm, we'll have to see. It's exciting. So she's mentioned, but I thought maybe I, like, started the chapter with her. Uh, hmm. Very, very odd. Okay. 
So, anywho, let's get into these discussion questions. Sorry, that was a lot of dead air of me flipping ahead to next chapter, and I'm sure it wasn't very exciting. Okay, question one. Henry went to the woods to relieve himself. My question is, has anyone else relieved themselves ever in this book? Not, oh, okay, let me rephrase that. This book, this adventure is what I meant. Like, has... That's never come up before, so has it happened before? I'm guessing it has. But, you know, it is a world of magic. Maybe everybody can hold their pee longer in this world, huh? Let's see, question two. All right, so they're tracking a cart down the road, and they find tracks for it. Then later, we say it's a stone road. Oh, my God. Okay, my question is, what the hell kind of road is this? Because I don't even know. I'm baffled. I'm baffled. That's not even a good discussion question. I want just somebody to clarify what the hell's going on in here. That they can track a cart on a road that's apparently made out of stone. That is some sloppy-ass writing, let me tell you. Um, I thought it would be, you know, a dirt road if you're tracking a cart going down it, but apparently it's made out of stone. I think... Uh, I probably just added stone road to when Aaron sat down to just get that word count up for that evening, you know what I mean? Hmm. Question three, very much like the last two chapters, were you surprised that Roland was the bad guy in the group? Hmm? Hmm? I wasn't, personally, and I think my shoddy writing style kind of conveyed that he might be the bad guy, but maybe you didn't notice, but uh, let me know. I would love to hear if you... And, you know what? Let's add to that. We're going to have an addendum. Question three. This is going to be... Uh, 3A, we'll say, okay? Uh, what tipped you off that he was a bad guy, huh? Huh? There's been some... I was it the punch bowl set that he had? Mm, already out waiting for them? Or was it that he was only slightly disheveled after that fight in the woods? Mm? Or was that it, he's a... That because it's, he's a uh, pompous ass? I would go with pompous ass, personally, but, in, you know, I think... It was rather clear that he was the only one I showed no affection to in the writing, right? He was kind of a piece of garbage, so. Yeah, so there we go. Another chapter down. Chapter 11. Oh, you know what? This is kind of interesting. So, there are 22 chapters in this book and a prologue and an epilogue. So, if we're on chapter 11, we're exactly halfway through chapter-wise. Page-wise, we're not even close, but... Chapter-wise, very exciting. That was the midpoint of this book. So what do you guys think so far, huh? huh? I guess if I were going to take a break in the podcast, it would be now for chap, you know, for the midpoint. But it's, you know, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep on trucking through this. Because this book is so exciting. I want to know what happens next, don't you all? So if you have any comments, questions, uh, if you want to ridicule me or how well I read or how I babble before and after the episode, blah, 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 go ahead and go to jeffreadsbook.com and there you'll, there you'll find my links to my Twitter, which is Fortran Jeff, or my account on Mastodon, which is jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Or you can email me at jba at sdf.org. And I'd love to hear from some listeners just anything about this. Or, you know what? If you are going to participate in National Novel Writing Month next month, 
hit me up. I'd love to hear that you're going to do that, what your idea for a book is. Although it's only mid-October and I mean, you really shouldn't have an idea till two to three days beforehand because that's how this amazing work of literature was written, by me thinking of it three days before the month started. But uh, that's all for today. So until next episode, keep on reading. <laughs>